Welcome to Inklings. I am Emily Bell Freeman, and I'm so excited to welcome you to a space where you and I get to experience a hint of something more together. This is a community where we lean into discussions that will help us obtain a bedrock understanding of the doctrines of Christ. Not overnight, but every day better. Strength gathered over time. There is a place for you here. Looking forward to spending the semester with you as we embark on a journey focused on becoming His. Morning, everyone. Happy Thursday. Welcome to Inklings. I'm so excited to be here with you and so excited about this talk. Um, this seemed to be a big conference favorite for people when, when we were having conference. And we're having two friends join us today. So let me see if we can get both of them on. One. Yay! We did it! I'm so happy with us right now. Look at us. We're all here. So we have a, Hi, fun, Michelle. We have Hi. a fun guest today, everyone. Um, my really, really good friend, Michelle Craig, who I'm so excited about. We've kind of been talking about this for several months, and now here, here she is. Here you are. You made it. I'm so proud of myself that I figured it out. <laughs> I'm, I'm so proud of you, too, right now. We've, we've been on the phone for the last 15 minutes just making sure it was going to work out, and it did. It worked out. So um, we're going to... Um, Michelle has been watching us not live for the last five years, of course, because she's been really busy. And so, um, Michelle, one thing you want to get introduced to is the comments at the bottom. Okay. And yeah, there's two ways to watch the comments, and this will be a good lesson for everyone else who's watching. If you click on the comments at the bottom, it either expands them so you can read them easier or it it decreases them so there's just a line at the bottom i expand mine because i just love to hear what everybody is saying in the comments because it starts to feel like a discussion and which i love michelle emily has this amazing gift of being able to carry on a conversation and still read the comments at the same time she's a good i haven't figured it out yet so she's <laughs> magic that she can like focus on two things at once so if you feel like me it's a little tricky to do both but emily can do it somehow um and, and i just love the thought that we're all here together so and you'll oh. notice michelle that the voices in the comments are often more powerful than any of our voices so um here so we and love to call out the comments um believe. as we can as we're going through because it's just a big group of us all talking about Jesus together. That's what ends up happening here. And I was texting both Tana and Michelle last night when I was climbing in my bed about today. And as I was texting Michelle, I just said to her, I live for Thursday mornings. Um, it's my favorite time of the week. And particularly right now, I find myself just craving these Thursday morning conversations. And it makes me wonder if this is true for um, all of you that they, I feel like I give all week long and Thursday is my bucket feeler. Is that true for anyone else? I just fill my bucket here and then I'm like, okay, 
I can go again. This is my respite and my rejuvenation and just this morning connect with righteous women who bring so much strength. And I just love that. It's so, so true. Um, so we let me tell you where we're going to be today. And then, Michelle, <laughs> what we usually do is uh, give a little introduction of who's with us. But while you're doing the introduction, I'm just going to let people know we are going to be in Elder Uchtdorf's talk, uh, Jesus Christ is the Strength of Parents. And then we're also going to maybe hop into Naaman in 2 Kings 5. Um, there, we also might go to Genesis 20 or Genesis, yeah, 28, which I mentioned in the Instagram post. I've been thinking a lot about that this week, so there's a good chance we're going to also go there. So you'll want your Old Testament for sure, and we'll just dive in as we go. But why don't we, um, Michelle? Well, actually, Tana, let's start with you so Michelle can watch how we introduce oh, someone. I and then Michelle will know what to do. And um, Tana is an old friend, but people still love an introduction. So Tana, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Then Michelle, you'll tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, yes, Emily said, my name's Tana Fox, and I am a mother of four daughters, and I have come to find out how powerful the scriptures can be in my life. I love studying them. My Instagram handle is Live Right Nutrition because I am a sports nutritionist, and I work with gut health, and I work with clients all the time, and really try to help tune the body and the spirit together to really become more powerful. So I'm so happy to be here, and Michelle, it's so fun to see you, too. I haven't seen you since for a while and so it's so Hannah's the one who tells us to drink lemon water in the morning and I just try and do that every day because I don't do anything else healthy remember a couple weeks ago when I ate a whole bag of chocolate chips in one day but for some reason if I just drink my lemon water in the morning that I'm like well I did that it's true okay and that's what I do I love lemon water too from town. So thank you. And maybe it's the only one thing I do all day, but I feel well, proud that, of myself. So. Yeah, me too. I can start my day, day off right. So, okay. I'm Michelle Craig. I just finished serving in the Young Women General Presidency in the church. Uh, I have three children and 12 grandchildren. And I find so much joy in my roles as my family roles. And family and relationships and I loved this talk and so happy for an opportunity to study it and I think it applies to all of us honestly whether we have children or not yeah I I had that same thought there just were so many promises in the talk and um and I loved that so um we're gonna just dive right into that talk but um as we get going, because people always want to know what is life going to look like. So life is, we're just letting life figure itself out as we go right now. And one of the things that I'm trying to do is on the weeks when I might have something else, find someone who can help lead these conversations. And so you might see a lot of Michelle Craig around here because um, her and I think a lot the same. We've been friends for a long time and she loves the scriptures the same way I do. And so we're going to tag team a little bit on sharing that responsibility of um, leading these discussions. And I think that's going to be so fun for us. So everybody welcome Michelle to the Inklings community. She's been with us since day one, um, and which I love because she knows 
who we are and what we do here. She already knows about the sprinkles and she knows about um, <laughs> all of the good things. And so I'm really excited about that. So I think we should just dive in and maybe it would be fun to just, Tana, do you want to start us off with what was one of your favorite parts of this talk? What, what was the thing that spoke to you? I'd be honored. I, there were some, so many good parts. One woman made in the, pointed out in the comments that she started at the beginning and didn't get very far because it was so good. It was so rich. And I wanted to wholeheartedly second that. But I think for me, the part that really stood out, and it was fun to kind of think about my own childhood, the way that I was raised, because mm -hmm. I love my parents. I'm so grateful for it. But I believe that every time a generation comes to the earth, there's a time for improvement. Like what I learned from my parents, I can take and then add to give to my kids and vice versa. So good. Good. Keep going. And so this was a really fun quest and just thinking, what can I focus on the good versus like, well, my parents didn't do this, 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 or this, but I'm in paragraph 27. Um, and I think the part that really, really, really made a big impact for me was when he says, your love for your children creates a rich environment for teaching truth and building faith not your home and make your home a house of prayer learning and faith but i think the words that wanted to come into my mind at that time was your love for your children creates this rich environment mm. not the rules for your children because sometimes i think myself as a parent my job is to teach and i have to teach them how to do x y and z and do this and get these in so that i create these rules and i create a structure for my children to learn but i love the reminder that he said it's the love for your children and in my mind, I wrote, not the rules that you create for children, because I have rules for praying and I have rules for making sure we go to church and I have rules for learning. And I even have rules for how to have fun. You know, you've <laughs> got to do this and this and this. And I, I realized in that moment that it wasn't these rules that create this rich environment that I thought were so important, but it's the love. And so that was a good reminder because he says, make your home a house of prayer. And I was like, I think I try to make my kids pray right like do i actually make my kids have faith sometimes even though they're little and or sometimes they're getting bigger and i know i can't make them do that sometimes my focus i have to admit has been to make my kids do those things so they can have the faith and have this rich environment but it was such an eye-opening thought and it was just revelation that i was so grateful mm -hmm. for that no it's not about the rules and we've talked about that before in inklings that it's not the rules it's the relationship but i was so grateful that it really is just love that really did create that environment. And I love too where he went from that, where he talked about your, your house wants to be a house of prayer and learning and faith. That yeah. is true. But didn't you love when he said after that, um, it should be a house of joyful experiences. Yes. I yes. love that so much and a place of belonging. Yes. And I just, I wanted to think like, sometimes I think we get so worried about, okay, am, are we doing prayer and learning and, and all of these things that we're like, when was the last time we had a joyful <laughs> experience over here? And do people feel like they belong? And there really is that good balance of high love, high expectation, and also high trust. Yes. And, and it seems like if one is out of alignment, um, it, it can imbalance the whole yeah. house. Remembering the love, the power of love. Yes. And, and I just felt like that was so great because I mean, and right above that, when you said that power of love, 
in verse 25 or section 25, he says, a parent's love for a child is one of the strongest forces in the universe. Mm. And I was like, what? I mean, there's physics, there's chemistry, there's a lot, a lot of forces in the universe and gravity and all the rotation of the universe. But when he said it's the strongest, one of the strongest forces in the universe, that also was a moment for me. So I'm so glad you pointed that out because really it is just about the love, which can be so hard to love your children sometimes. You guys, yeah. why? Yeah. I love, I really do. But there's times where you're like, okay, it's, it's, practicing that conditional it's practicing the unconditional love versus the conditional and to say it is yeah. one thing but to actually do it like when you have especially multiple children and one is so great at following the rules and one maybe isn't to say you love them both the same you mean it but really when it comes to practicing sometimes i'm subconsciously a little harder on the one that wasn't quite as you know obedient yeah. And I hate that about myself. But it's I don't mean so good. I love that you're acknowledging it and that you're saying that sometimes kids are hard. Yeah. Like that is so true. And and loving at that time sometimes isn't our go-to because our go-to sometimes is to lean really hard into the yeah. expectations in that moment. And you're not living up to the expectations. And I can remember a time like that in my life. And Michelle, you mm -hmm. might have one too because our kids are now grown, but I can remember a time with one of my daughters when she was going through a really hard year in elementary school, really hard. And when she would come home from school, what she brought home with her was a lot of hurt and anger into our home. And I kept trying to reprimand how she was acting out in hurt and anger, which was not, school was already not a safe place. And now our home was also not a safe place for her either. And one night as I was praying about it, the spirit said, go get her school picture from two years ago when things were easier and hang it on the mirror in your bathroom and remember her as that. And every time she is that person, tell her that you love that part about her. And it was really hard, but I did it every single day. I just tried to be like, I love how good you are at this. And oh, it's so fun when that shows up in your personality. And, and it helped me to like, she would come home with that hurt and anger and she would express it every day. But I would try and lean into that little picture. And what happened is over time, she overcame that what was going on at school and that hurt and anger went away and like two years later she was in my bathroom and she was like what is that picture of me doing up <laughs> hanging on your mirror what? and i had actually forgotten it was there because things had resolved and life had gotten easier and i had just gone on and i had forgotten that i put that picture up there but I really think that's true that sometimes our nature is to lean into expectation mm -hmm. and especially when things are hard and, and we forget that that power of love, but Michelle, I wonder if you have um, something you well, would add. Yeah. When you, you were just talking about that, I thought of paragraph uh, 36 in his talk where he talks about a gift we have as parents is personal revelation. Mm. And that he's eager to pour out his spirit to guide parents. And we, I think we can pray, and he goes on in paragraph 37 as well, but I think that's one of the things that we could do and that you did with your daughter is to pray for eyes to see 
like who they really are mm -hmm. and who we are as well our potential and what God sees in us and maybe how we could parent in a specific um, situation. But I really do believe his promise that he says, God will help you see your children as he sees them beyond their outward appearance and into their hearts. Mm. And I think that's just a beautiful gift um, that our father gives us that we're entitled to, whether we're mothers or aunts, or grandmothers mm. or friends that we could pray for eyes to see and the Lord will give, give us you may sometimes just a glimpse of who they really are and to remember that you know we all chose that when our children even if they're acting out or whether it's someone cuts us off in traffic or whatever <laughs> it is but everybody that's here that we interact with made a choice when they could see clearly to follow Jesus Christ. And, and sometimes going through those hard experiences is what we need, I think, to reawaken. Yeah, that's, that's so good. Remember. And, yeah. And I love what you said, too, about um, not just praying for our children, but also our nieces and our nephews. And just as you were saying that, I thought, you know what, I have spent in the past two weeks as much time praying for a couple of my nephews as I have for my own children and thinking about them and asking how I could help um, them in that situation and that they are going through. And I think that's really important for us to understand the strength of family bonds. You know what's and funny? When I was preparing to talk, I, this whole topic of prayer, instantly the thought of Enos came into my mind as I was reading this because yes, nieces and nephews, but don't all of our kids also have that one friend yes. that you're like, ah, you're a little bit more trouble than I hoped you would be <laughs> my child. And you don't want to be that parent that's like, okay, don't be with that person because everybody has a place, right? Yeah. And especially in our home, as I know, I've learned that from Emily and Michelle, I'm sure you're the same, that everyone has a place in our home. But I thought instantly as you're talking about this power of prayer, for our ability to really try to help love someone. I loved Enos's pattern. It was first for himself, right? To really understand that. And then we have this environment then for his family. And then at the end, when he prayed for his enemies, even if, you know, I don't want to call our kids troubled friends enemies, but sometimes they can feel like that. So I just love this whole topic of prayer and how there can be patterns and looking outward to really trying to encompass a better approach to than just cutting off ties or shoot writing that person off like well you haven't figured it out yet we'll come back to you because prayer really can be sometimes some of the most powerful thing and getting that revelation on how to help that person yes and, and i love that we can have revelation like yes. i think to myself all the time god loves that person more than i do and god can orchestrate miracles even still today um, that I just, I'm like, I want to be, I was in a, um, sacrament meeting, the, on Sunday and the man who was speaking said, we can have a front row, um, seat to God's miracles. We can actually participate in them. And, and he was like, do you want to participate in God's miracles? And then I was like, I actually do yeah. want to, I want to be someone who is participating, you know, and, and part, and I think praying and receiving revelation is, 
is how that happens for us. Absolutely. I think that's so good. Yeah. And, you know, I think, and I've seen in some of the comments, um, but with school starting, I mean, so many of us are going back to school. Well, I'm not, and my kids are old, but I have grandchildren that are, but I remember this time. It's, I love, it's almost like January to me. I like mm. it better than January because it's a time of new routines and new patterns, new beginnings. And I think that as we're talking about prayer and the small and simple things that we can do in our lives consistently to bring the spirit and to bring Jesus Christ into the relationships. Yeah. Um, it's a good reset. It's a good reset time for me. And I think mm -hmm. we easily overwhelm ourselves with expectations. And I've done that in the past, write a list of maybe a hundred new things that I want to do <laughs> as, um, as we're starting this season. But I think consistency in the small and simple things and Elder Uchtdorf teaches that so beautifully. But I think at this season of new beginnings and new routines and um, new possibilities that we need to be careful to focus on those things that are most important, the small and simple things, and be consistent in that. I love yeah. that. And that will bring such power. That was, you like took the words out of my mouth. Sorry. Not only, I, oh, it's perfect. <laughs> it was much better said by you. But I love that thought of consistency. And I try to teach that a lot, as I mentioned, working with my clients, because sometimes we think it's like one really good day or one really good moment. But I thought of there was a talk. Oh, my gosh. And I think it's Elder Bednar um, where he talks about um, I think the talk. Oh, did I, I wrote it down somewhere, but I will fumble finding it. I don't want to waste the time. Um, but he explains our homes and our family meetings like a giant painting. Where he says, oh, if you look up. Yes. More diligent and yes. concerned at home. At home. Yeah. Yeah. From like 2009, I swear it's a long time ago, but it's stuck in my mind since then because he's like, if you were up close at a painting and you were, I mean, we love art at our home and all it's so it's really, really powerful art can be. But I love this analogy where he's like, if you were right at a painting and you could just see little brush strokes, it'd be like blobs. You'd be like, what, what is that? Where, how does that fit? But the more you step back, it becomes this beautiful masterpiece of art. And then when he said, every time we do family scripture study or have those moments, it's one brush stroke. And to me, that makes, it's the most beautiful visual because that's sometimes how it feels. They're not very pretty, like especially some of our scripture studies or even our come follow me moments or the times we have to discipline or even the times we have to try to have fun. Sometimes they're just messy and they don't quite know how they fit into the whole picture. But when you can step back, I take so much comfort in that, that we really are working on consistently creating a masterpiece. And I, I thought of, um, I think it was Michelangelo that said something like true art is actually never finished. It just becomes abandoned. And so mm -hmm. I started thinking about that. Like sometimes we think it might be too late for some of our kids. I'm sure there's women on here that have kids that are out of the home, right? And they think, oh, it might be too late. But I know Elder Uchtdorf teaches that, that it's not, but that a masterpiece is never finished. Mm -hmm. It always become better. And I think that's how our lives are. I think that's how raising children is. I think that's, for me, one of the greatest comforts is that it will always be a place of improvement. So yeah. I'm in my deep. That's, and I loved in that, it's in um, verse 30 where he talks about the consistency of small and simple things yeah. day after day. Yeah. And I don't know why, but that thought of that daily restart and just knowing I just have to do something small today and simple. 
Um, and I'm, and tomorrow I can try again. And the next day I can try again. And that thought of just taking it one day at a time, instead of looking and thinking I'm failing with this child right now, yeah. just to be like, what is the small, simple thing I could do today? Because it's just one day at a time. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. And, and I love this idea. I had the same thought that someone just put in the comments, but I would be so interested because both of you mother so well, how did you bring Jesus Christ and the strength of Jesus Christ into the school year? I'm so intrigued by like, what did that actually look like for you, Michelle and Tana right now? How do you bring Jesus Christ and his strength into a fall situation and and i'd love to hear for kids because i just know in the comments on the sunday post that actually came out on when on tuesday everyone <laughs> but um it, what did that look like for young kids because so many people have asked but i also think for us to who we don't have kids in the home or or that isn't our life right now how do we bring the strength of jesus christ into the fall right now into this change of pace and change of seasons. So whoever wants to go first. Michelle, you have much more words than I do. So no, go ahead. Like, you know what? I look back on that and um, we tried. We were so far from perfect. Our scripture study, it was, it was actually better in the fall. Mm. Just, I had a harder time being consistent in the summer when we were going lots of different ways. We just didn't have the routine. But fall, the start of the school year, was a really good time for reset for me. And so we had scripture study when the kids were younger. Well, even when they were older, it was in the morning around the breakfast table. Mm. And I would, I mean, honestly think most of the time, this isn't, we, we weren't as good at discussion. Do you know what I, mean? I think we're getting better now, but we did it. We weren't perfect, mm. but we we tried and so that's one thing i think conversations around the dinner table i'm a i know it's not easy to have dinner together as a family every night and schedules are busy but i think that's a really important way that we can bring jesus into our lives and into our parenting is if we try to be intentional about creating a space where we can talk about the day mm. and what was what was good? What was hard? How did you see the hand of the Lord in your life? And I think, you know, morning prayer, scripture study, if we can have a touch point as a family, dinner would be great. But realistically, that doesn't always happen. No. But I think those are some really good, important ways to create stability and bring the Savior into our routines in a normal and natural way. Mm, I love that. That's so good. Yes. Um you sparked a lot of thoughts, Michelle. Thanks for sharing all that. What a wonderful home it must have been like to be in there. I just admire all of you women so much. I feel very inadequate. And so it's funny that I'm answering this question, but I, one of the ways that I feel like I really wanted to bring the savior in was because the savior for me has been so personal, obviously. And so I had the thought a few years ago as some of my kids started to leave the home at different times. When they're little, it's a little bit easy to gather them, right? And then everyone goes to school at 8.30, yeah. a little bit by, but some of my kids are leaving the house at 6.55 and then 7.15 and then I got to get another one up at 7.45 and then she leaves 
and I only have four girls. It makes it sound like I have 30, but (laughs) I feel like I'm constantly, you know, going different directions. But one of the things the spirit really impressed me to do was even if it's like 30 seconds, right? It's just so quick, but that I have an individual moment with each child in a come follow me lesson. And that it's- Wow, that's a great idea. But it's so fast. Like I'm making it sound like I'm doing this amazing thing, but it's really unique. And I just always keep it like, okay, I know specifically this child needs a little bit more help with maybe this principle. And how can this child understand how much they're loved and how much this child can really feel a connection to me or our, our home? So I make a point every morning to just have a quick little, oh, let me share this quick little thought with you. Okay, what do you think? Okay, take that on your way. This is what was working just for that person. And if I can, I'll pray with just individually that child, mm. right? And it's, again, they're quick. They're, I don't have any planned lessons. Sometimes I'm like, I don't have anything today. I'll just crack it open and let's read a scripture together. This makes me feel this way. How do you feel? Is they're brushing their teeth or curling their hair? I'm just following kind of wherever they walk <laughs> and just trying to read. So the more personalized approach, you know what I mean? And sometimes braiding hair or whatever it is, but I felt a very specific need to make it a little bit more personal for Mm. each child. And then of course, in the evenings, that's a little bit calmer for us is I can be like, okay, everyone come up, let's read the scriptures together for five minutes. Right. And then we pray together. That's a unity moment for and my husband's home then too but sometimes in the morning he's gone so I've tried to follow this little individual approach for each kid and it's helped me love my child more when the kids are sometimes hard to love I really love my kids and they're quite amazing but it's helped me feel that view that Heavenly Father wants us to feel the way he feels about us yeah like I will try to see the good no matter what because nobody wants to be remembered for their worst moment right he wants to be known as the kid that lost their their temper right at the at the playground or whatever so that approach for me has been helpful as a mother and i hope helpful to my kids and i think overall my main emphasis is really to let my kids know that i'm actually learning right along with them and like i apologize to my kids you guys all the time i'm like you guys i'm so sorry i meant to have dinner ready and then i lost my temper because you were eating snacks i'm sorry (laughs) I mean, like, I I try to be as real as possible because then they see that the atonement isn't just for kids to use, but that it's for us as adults. Yeah. And remember that part when he says, have you ever thought about the tremendous risk Heavenly Father must feel every time he sends a kid to the earth? Yes. And, oh, for sure. He must be like, what? I don't, good luck. Okay. But I love that yeah. he says to the kids, he says, It was like so cute because he says, parents, thanks for all you're doing. But then he says, and children, thank you for everything you're doing to raise your parents. Because isn't that the truth? Like, aren't our kids really teaching us exactly who the savior is and exactly what that love really looks like? So I love that thought. And I love too, because I grew up in the eighties. Michelle, you did too. Michelle and I both grew up in the 80s. And- I was born in 1980. Okay, that's <laughs> still counts. That counts a little bit. Waiting from high school. Yeah. <laughs> um, I lo- we grew up in a time where you would see pictures of families reading together oh. and praying together and eating together. And I love that you're speaking to what what if that doesn't what your house looks like? You know, what if you're not the ideal picture that's on the front of a magazine? No. And I, I really love this thought of braiding hair and teaching scripture as you go because that's reality. Like where's that yeah. picture? And you know, what does that look like? Yeah. 
And there's not one right way. That's what I love about what you shared that individually we can receive revelation for what works for their family. And we're just trying and it's messy, but there's not one way to do it. And that thought of individual ministering is as powerful to me as that whole family sitting together and learning together. And, and I love that you're giving us a, an opportunity to consider both depending on what our life looks like. And I want to go into Genesis 28 just for a second, because I think there's an important lesson there that kind of has to do with this. And as we think about what does it look like to send our kids off um, or for our kids who are out of the house that we don't even have that morning touch point with anymore, um, or, or those that we're praying for and loving and watching over where, whoever they are and wherever they may be. And I kind of love Genesis 28 because what happens for those two parents is they have two boys who get in such a big fight that the one is going to actually kill the other boy, like for real. My kids have chased each other around the house and said they were going to kill each other, but this was like for real. And so much so that the mom and dad get that one boy and they're like, you have to leave and go 550 miles away from here and don't come back for a second. And it feels like he leaves in a big hurry because it doesn't sound like he packed anything when I read the story. Like he just ends up on night one sleeping on the dirt with a rock for a pillow. And that is what that family looks like on that night. And don't you sometimes want to imagine that mom's prayer on that night when she's like, I just sent my boy out into the world and I just have to hope that he's going to be watched over and protected and he's going to make it and he's going to get where he needs to get and he's going to find a wife and, and that he'll get back here safe and somehow these relationships will be resolved. Like, I think sometimes we forget about her prayer that night, you know, and, and what she was going through. And it's so interesting because when we get into Genesis 28, um, he, he lays down in the dirt and he has that pillow for his bed, which is in verse 11. And then he, um, has that dream about that ladder, which is interesting. And we talk about the ladder and the angels and I'm, I love that part, but I'm not as interested in that part as I am the one part that says in verse 13 and behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father and the God of Isaac. And the land where you're lying right now, I'm going to give to you and to your seed. And there is something about that verse. First of all, in 13, where it says the Lord stood above the ladder. If you read in the footnotes, the translation, the correct translations should have said beside him. It tells us. And I love that part that there in that, he got to that place by happenstance. It's because the sun went down. He just laid down in the dirt and got a rock for his pillow. And who loves that the Lord shows up right there in his story. And as a mom, I just think to myself, he's going to do that for my kids. The mess that they've gotten themselves into, the dirt that they're sleeping on, he's going to go there. He's not afraid of the boy running away from the brother he got in a fight with. He's not afraid. And he's going to go there and, and stand beside him and say to him, do you see this place where you are right now that you've somehow gotten yourself to? I can actually bless this place. I can bless it. 
Don't you love when he says that, that, that I can bless this mess, this terrible day, that fight you got in, this dirt you're sleeping on, the fact that you are now on a journey you weren't anticipating two days ago, I can actually bless this place. And then he gives what I love to call the, the five finger promise. And um, I was talking with two of my girls, Meg and Natalie, a couple weeks ago about this. And um, I just said to him, I, there are times when I will just repeat this promise to myself over and over and over again. And I call it the five finger promise because that's how I remember it. And sometimes I just want to write it down all of the backside of my fingers <laughs> on the hard days so I can just remember because right. it's so cute because he says to him in verse 15, first of all, I am with you, which I love. I am with you wherever you are, even in this mess that you've gotten yourself in. The second thing he says, I will keep you in all the places wherever you go right? I will protect you. I'm going to keep you safe. And then I love when he tells him third, and I'm going to bring you home again, because you think that boy was sad? Do you think he was scared? My brother dropped my nephew off at the MTC yesterday morning, and I just watched him walk in with that missionary who was taking him. And what you could see from the back was just this happening. And I love that thought that he's like, don't worry, I'm going to bring you home again that is what's going to happen for you and fourth he says to him i will not leave you what a beautiful promise i will not leave you and the last thing until i've done everything i promised you that i would do and i just i love thinking don't you want to say that to your kids every single day as a mom right as a mom you might say to your kids i am with you i'm going to keep you safe I'm gonna make sure you get home again. I will not leave you and I will keep every promise I've ever made to you as a mom. And that that's what you want your kids to know. And I love that that's also what the father wants us to know. That same thing that when we send our kids out that we're like, I just want my kids to know this. And it was so cute because Meg and Natalie were like, put that on a poster because we want to hang that in our kids rooms that that is my promise to you that i am going to be there for you and i'm going to make sure you get home safe and i'm not going to walk away from you and i'm going to keep my promises to you and um as we were talking about it meg and natalie were like i want to remember that is god's promise to me as a beloved daughter um, is those five things that I am with you in this. Whatever this mess looks like, I am in it with you. And I will be with you and I will not leave you. And I will do everything I promised you. Just that thought of um, that Savior beside me. And is there a way for us to instill in our children, I'm not, I can't go to school with you. I can't be in Oregon with Caleb. I can't be in Denver with Garrett and Natalie, but the Lord can stand beside you through all of it. Even if it feels messy, that's his promise. He will stand beside you and, and be with you. He will be the strength. And I just, I love the thought of that five finger promise. Like I just want my kids to know Jesus is gonna show up in your story. And if everything is going wrong, 
he will be your strength even in the moments when I can't be there for you. And that's what I was going to say. I love so much about this, Emily, is the fact that you're teaching that Jesus Christ is the strength of parents. And sometimes parents think that we are the strength of our kids. And I think the second we actually teach our kids that like, I think, was it even in the good news brand, the email that we got that week, David wrote, and he wrote this, he said, I'm not strong enough. I'm not brave enough. I'm not good enough, but Jesus is. When he said at the end, I was like, that's really the focus yeah. of teaching kids yeah. and making sure that they And did like you read his post today on Instagram about sending Jack to the MTC yesterday? My nephew, Mac, and David's son, Jack, okay. both went to the MTC oh, I saw yesterday. That. Yeah. So imagine all the emotion, but um, the, exactly what you're talking about. If you didn't see the one, he, he kind of hinted toward it last night in his Instagram post. If you go look at, I don't remember who he is, but I think Mr. Dave Butler, is that who he is? Yeah. Um, and he talked about that same thing of like, there was a time when God handed you into my hands, you know, when you were a baby and, and how yesterday for him, it felt like he was handing him back into God's hands and just that give and take of how we love our children so well in those moments, but that he does also. And that he's our partner in this. Like, I, I love, there was this book, Adam Grant wrote a book called Give and Take, and it just talks about how successful people can be as business owners and also as parents. And there's so much to give, but he said, oftentimes we think it's a 50-50 in a parenthood. The dad will bring this much or the partner, and then the other partner will bring the other 50. But oftentimes it's more like 80-20, or you know, maybe it gets close and it's maybe 60-40, but sometimes it's 90-10. And as I thought about that concept, I thought it really is true in every relationship. And with our savior and our heavenly father, the relationship is always like a hundred and nothing. Even if we're giving forth every effort and not because it's not that we're not trying, but because whatever they do will make it complete. And whatever they do, and when he, I think even Uchtdorf says how he talks about how the spirit will magnify and quicken. Mm. Our, like that's such a comforting promise. And We've been reading in Romans this week for Come Follow Me when I think it's Romans 8 verse 1 where they talk about the spirit will quicken our minds and our bodies. I think it's, oh, I wrote eight, Romans 8, 11, where the spirit really does quicken everything. It quickens everything in our body. It quickens our intention, yeah. our ability to teach our kids. If we bring the spirit, they learn to rely not only on our imperfectness because they will see our imperfectness when we lose our own tempers or we make mistakes or we're late to pick them up from carpool or all the things that we don't mean to do because we love them perfectly. But that when they see that our partner is this perfect, you know, heavenly father with this beautiful plan, that is something to take your trust in. That's that fine yeah. finger promise that they do want to somehow engrave on their forehead. Like, do not forget, this is what, you know, the strength. Of I know, how, how many of us tomorrow with Sharpie are like, here, before you go out the door, here you go. I don't know, Michelle, what do you think about that? I, I love that. And I love the thoughts of, I love that scripture reference, 2815, you're talking about that, that five finger promise. And I think it's beautiful because it teaches us the character of God and Jesus Christ. And we are going to be imperfect in all that we do. It's part of the human experience we're learning, but as we're trying to become like our Heavenly Father and as we're trying to increase our discipleship, I think this promise is beautiful. And if we can turn our 
children, our grandchildren, our nieces and nephews, our friends towards Jesus Christ. And I love in the comments how people said he is the answer. We're imperfect. We're going to fail. And if we can be authentic and real and vulnerable and, but, you know, we're just trying and we're going to make mistakes. We make mistakes in every stage of parenting, in every, every relationship, there are mistakes and we're learning to forgive each other. But if we can keep the focus on Jesus Christ and really teach our children his character and his goodness, and he will not fail. And he'll meet us in the dirt um, with a rock for our pillow, in our wilderness places, in our messy. Jesus mm -hmm. Christ will be there. And if we can help our children know, you know, without shame, that Jesus Christ will be there. And our small, imperfect efforts um, will yield results yeah. eventually. We take the long view. That's so true. And you think about verse 53 in this talk. Did you love the part when it says, create the best possible conditions for growth? Patiently allow the rising generation to make inspired choices and let God work his miracle. And I, I love that thought about create the best possible conditions, whatever you can do. But don't you love that when he was like, and then patiently <laughs> let them grow. And I think that that patient part is so important. And, and I think... Michelle, as you've raised kids that are older, what did patience look like in, in parenting? You know, I think, again, it's taking the long view. And I love that paragraph in 52. And it made me think, and I ran outside and picked this from my garden. Um, I was picking some blackberries yesterday. And I remember a couple of years out picking and being struck with the fact that on the same vine, were berries in different stage of ripening. I mean, some are completely ready and sweet and delicious and others are just a little teeny bud, you know, but they're all the same vine. And I thought the rate of the ripening doesn't determine the sweetness, doesn't mm. determine the end product. And that if we can just try to create the conditions, provide water, provide light, and be patient in the various stages of progression and ripening. And there's no one right way. And we don't compare our children against each other, against their friends. Like they're on a journey. And if we can love them and try to provide nutrient rich soil and sunlight, even though we're imperfect, even though we're making mistakes, and then be patient as they go through the process and are ripening at their own Wow, that's so interesting, which I've never even thought of before, because you think about peaches, they all come on at the same time, or apples, they all come on at the same time. But that is so true about a vine. And I wonder why it is true about a vine. Like now I want to, I want to think oh. about that. And we could go, we could talk about this for so long about the true vine yes. and the connection to the vine and how that brings life. And anyway. Well, and how it's okay about? for everyone to be at different, different stages of okay. life in their level of conversion, uh, that you can still be part of the vine. Yeah. And just because you're not fully developed and ripe and sweet doesn't mean, I mean, look at this little teeny baby one, but they're on the same vine. Yeah. And they're both going to be delicious and sweet. Yeah. And what about the 
lawn is still just completely green. Yeah. It, it, like so it crazy. hasn't even yeah. started turning colors yet. I'm so intrigued yeah. by, by this idea. And I love it particularly because I'm always so mindful of the women here who write in and say, but what about my kids? And what about my story? If, it, if it's not looking like this, what if I don't have anyone who will let me walk behind them and read scripture in their ear? And I love that they're still part of the vine. Like he's still beside them, even in that part of the story and that reminder, now we all need a picture of a blackberry know, on the vine because it just, all of a sudden I'm so comforted to be like, Oh, it's, that's fine. It's okay. Yeah. We take the long view. Yeah. That's so good. I love that everyone here is like, please let Michelle talk more. <laughs> Michelle was like, what if I don't fit in on Inklings? What if they don't want me to be here? And now look, Michelle, they're going to be so happy when yeah. we don't have three of us and there's just two of you and you'll no. get to talk way more than you did today, which will be yes. so fun. Yeah. That was beautiful. Yeah. So, so good. Um, yeah, that was such a, a great analogy. And I think um, just as we think about what I love the thought of this season and of this change and a time to maybe shake things up a little bit and um, think about doing things differently with our kids. And maybe the one consistent thing is um, helping them. Oh, I was going to say, I wrote something on my phone while I was um, driving to work today and I was going to read it to you, but I actually can't cause I'm using my phone right now. So I'll put it in the, um, stories because it kind of was that thought about we're all in different stages of life. All of us are, and our kids are too. And we're all at different levels of conversion too. That's just, is true. It's true about our families. It's true about our ward families. It's true about our communities. Um, and the, and what I wrote at the bottom is the one thing that is consistent is Jesus, yeah. no matter where we are. And I, I love that that's where Elder Uchtdorf takes us is that Jesus Christ, no matter where you are, is your strength and your, like that vine, your nourishment and, and your safety. Yeah. I was just thinking, Michelle, that, that Blackberry vine is like Emily said, it's so intriguing because there's so many layers. And as I think about who Christ is and because he meets us where we're at, you know, Emily, your wreath that has all the different names of Christ mm -hmm. on it and how we can study the different names of Christ. And the prophet told us to study all about Jesus Christ. Um, you, you know, it was probably years ago now, but as I look at each one of those blackberries, Michelle, there's what, like you said, there's some that are green and some that are ready to go that are ripe. I'm starting to think of those names of Christ, the creator, the teacher, the comforter, the lamb, the king, and how every single one of those berries might be a different name of Christ and really how that's exactly how he'll be for us when we need it. The ones that need yeah. to stand by him a little bit more might be a, a comforter or a creator, but the ones that are ripe and ready to go might be the shepherd ready to care for others. And I just think that was the most beautiful concept. And really it is such an individual way and approach to view our children, but to also view how the savior views us and the power of all that he really can have and be in our lives as parents. Yeah, it's so true. So many good um, things today. Just a lot of good. You can go back. Who wants to go back and study the vine now in scripture? Uh, that That's good homework for the rest of from now until Sunday is 
that vine analogy, I just want to think about um, that little seed you planted for us, Michelle, was so good. So um, such a good week, a good lesson today. Michelle, welcome to the Inklings community. Yes. We are going to be so happy to have you and your wisdom and your insight. And Tana, thank you for being here. And um, I, I just love when we get to have all different ages of perspectives and what's happening in life. And then always the comments. Michelle, did you love the comments? Because you've never gotten People are the so comments. good. Yeah. I sometimes I'd find myself getting a little distracted, I have to be honest. So many good comments. So many Emily has a superpower at all. I'm like, yeah. How does she do? How does she even know they said that? <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Michelle, will you take a picture of the blackberry bush just at oh, your house and text it to me? Sure. And then I'll put that in the com in the stories and I'll put my little note to myself today in the um, stories. I think that's all I need to put in the stories today, but just so many good things for um, this this change of seasons for all of us, just things to think about and um, ponder about. Oh, I'll put David's thing up there too, his post from yesterday, because it fits so well in this conversation. So yeah, sprinkles, sprinkles on the vine. That is so true. Okay, love you all. See you next Thursday. Bye. Thanks for joining me. This podcast is taken from our Thursday Inklings discussions, which happen live on Instagram at inklings.institute. If you loved being here, I'd love to invite you to go even deeper with me, get reminders, and enjoy first access to all our events and gatherings by going to emilybellfreeman.com backslash inklings.